the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We are at episode 362. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Nate Dunn. Welcome along, Nate. Always good to have you on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Thank you for having me, Paul. It's always good to be here. Now, we've got a fair bit to chat through today. New tech from Amazon that will open your home up to strangers automatically if they're the right strangers that should be allowed in. Uh, we've got a little insight into a new smart home brand launching in New Zealand, but that's virtually all I can say because it's under embargo. Um, there's some things to talk about in the front of acquisitions, telcos on the block, uh, Apple making an acquisition, Phones getting updated uh, to the latest software. There's a new iPhone coming this week. Uh, New Zealand Rugby are doing some interesting things. Um, But to do with uh, Trade Me, there's all sorts going on. And PayPal in there as well. So let's jump in. Let's uh, let's first dive into this news that uh, Amazon have launched a new service called Amazon Key. Now, my, I guess, sort of, you know, the, the, the quick sort of view on it is that Amazon are putting together a number, a number of products and they will be able to let a courier uh, into your home to basically open the front door, drop off some goods, close it behind, there's a camera in there that's going to keep a watch, make sure what they're doing is okay. Um, as and as and So as part of that, you've got a smart lock, you've got a camera that needs to work together. But also this camera draws on all the, the smarts of uh, Amazon's AWS cloud and their uh, image recognition and artificial intelligence. So this camera gets used for security purposes as well. And, for instance, you've got that alerting you to motion inside your house when you're not there. Over time, it's going to build up and get a little bit of a handle on, oh, that's your that's your cat, that's your dog. It recognises them and their movements, and it's not going to alert you to uh, the cat or the dog running around or, you know, I guess facial recognition elements and so on. So um, it seems like, uh, seems like quite, a, quite a cool idea if you're happy to let strangers into your house to, um, you know, drop off courier packages and the like? Yeah, I think this is the sort of, in my mind, it's the second uh, phase of, or the sort of third phase of delivery. Um, so we're moving away from uh, a courier driver just leaving the package outside your house. And, and you can search uh, YouTube. There's, there's hundreds of these, or thousands of these videos where people have got security cameras set up and they get Amazon boxes and you see someone, you know, scream up in their car, run up, grab a box, and then off they go. Um, when I was in the US, I've seen that- what, steal one, you mean? Yeah, steal, steal, steal all your packages. In the US, I know that they've got, um, in some of the retail stores, they've got the big containers where, you know, instead of it getting delivered to your house, it gets delivered to that container. So then when you're there doing your shopping, you put in the a Amazon code. lockers. Yep, that's there. Yeah, they're very handy. We actually have them in New Zealand yes. as well. Not Amazon, but New Zealand Post have some. Um, I think it's Pitney Bowes te- technology that they've you know that they've um, they've purchased. Or, or so, so in my mind, that would be like the second phase of this sort of evolution of, if you want to call it, of delivery. And then this third phase is really you can't really go any further, which is where. And it seems like such a bizarre concept at the moment, but I'm sure 
as it matures, it'll be so um, normal that if you don't have it, you're sort of a bit weird where, yeah, that you can let someone in. Because it, it's, it's, in essence, the best of, of the world where, you know, you'd normally have someone at home, hopefully, that would hear the knock or not knock on the courier and they just leave a card. That they just drop the stuff in and then, you know, you can't really get any more secure than that or more convenient. You don't well, have to go anywhere. It depends whether somebody follows them in and ransacks your house or what other, what other things happen. Yeah, it'll be there's always the potential of of these things not working out quite as well as you hope, but probably in most yeah. cases really good and really handy and and pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, is, it is a really cool. I, I think you would. I think Amazon would struggle if they just had the key on its own, where it was just a smart lock. Because there's plenty of smart locks around. Um, I think having the camera as well gives you a little bit more security around the fact that if someone does open that door and trigger it, <laughs> at least you can see them ransacking your house instead of coming home and being surprised, I suppose. And and I think you would do that anyway, um, you know, if you were going to do that without this particular technology bundle, hmm. because, of course, we already have our smart locks, we have our ring doorbells, and, you know, I've had that, and, I, you know, probably shared, you know, wouldn't... Uh, uh, we were away in uh, Rarotonga, um, family holiday, and um, yeah, I left the the um, the ring doorbell. That you know everything was running, and I had the app on my phone. I was obviously in a, in a coverage area, and um, I heard the ring on my phone. I had a look, and there was a courier there trying to drop off a package. Now I didn't have this a sm- the smart lock set up at that stage. Um, so, but I was at least able to have the chat with the courier. But had the smart lock been enabled, I could have gone and actually opened the door. And of course, with a camera inside already, you know that would have been uh, would have been just fine. And that's a perfect uh, application of the technology for you because let's say in Rarotonga for a month, you don't potentially want those packages sitting outside. Or even if it goes back to base, I think after a particular amount of time, NZ Post will actually return it to the they person who sent it to you. And so that's even worse. So. In that, in this instance, that would have been, you know, if you had it all hooked together, that would have been the perfect application of it. Mm. So there's, I think, there's something to be said for the um, the simplicity of of bringing together various smart home devices into a really nice, slick, easy solution. And there are varying takes on that. There's the Alarm.com um, product out of the US, which, which Spark uh, sell um, here under the More Pork brand. Um, you've got to put a bit of effort to get that stuff sort of set up and, and mm. running. And um, most of these things aren't absolutely perfect. I noticed uh, Best Buy in the US, um, probably for a couple of reasons. Uh, but, you know, I had a chat to somebody around what they were doing and, and they've partnered up with some uh, with a company there and are bringing together a whole lot of products to deliver that kind of integrated solution. Um, yeah, Apple have their um, their their take on uh, things, so it's a continually developing area, really, isn't it? Hmm. Now, you mentioned to me uh, about another US company that is is doing a something somewhat uh, similar, Walmart, um, in terms of getting groceries delivered, and they've done this trial uh, recently, just in the last couple of months. Uh, it was uh, it was announced, and their uh, their offering was basically that Walmart would deliver groceries to your home, but not just sort of dump them on the doorstep or dump them inside the front door, uh, but the goods that needed to go into the fridge and into the freezer um, that they would actually handle that side of it for you as as well. I mean that sort of takes it to the point where you really can 
go online, order your groceries, uh, and and sort of take yourself out of the equation, right? That's kind. That's kind of cool. Well, it's in essence having a virtual assistant because. Um, I think the scenario I would think of is you've got a holiday home somewhere, you're about to head down there, um, you, you know, the normal way you do it is you'd send down, you know, your wife or someone else to go down a couple of days before to make sure everything's fine, stock up the fridge because, you know, over Christmas and, and New Year's. Send the, the wife, or, is that your technique? It, this is this is if I have, I'm, I'm quoting from a friend's parents of how they do it, I, I don't have enough money oh, to okay. own a batch. All right, um, right. just, you know. So you send, or, or send someone else down and so that they prepare it and then go shopping, whereas in essence with this, you could order all your stuff and turn up and, you know, the ice cream's not melted all over the bench or, you know, the, the wine's ruined because it's been sitting out in the sun. I th- yeah. And I was saying to you before we started, I wonder if this would become the norm where, you know, you'd be talking to your kids or your grandkids and say, I remember in the day when I used to go to the supermarket and they're like, what's a supermarket? And you'd be like, well, that's where you used to walk around and get groceries. And they're like, well, how did they get into the fridge? You're like, well, we didn't have that. So, I, yeah, I, I think this, is, this sort of thing's going to become so much more comfortable and that, and it's a good competitive advantage for Walmart because if the pricing for your groceries is the same at Walmart as, as one of the competitors, but Walmart could put it in your fridge when they deliver it, yeah, I don't know which one I'd pick. Yeah, there's gonna there's that constant battle for differentiation, isn't there? Yeah, and it's a competitive advantage because yeah. you you can only get to get to a particular level where price, and it's what are all these other value adds? What else can? What makes people's lives? We're all getting busier. We don't have enough time for things. So what can what can the retailer do that makes it easy? And I think putting your groceries away is incredible you are going to get the outliers i think of people who are like no i don't want anyone else in my house that's ridiculous but i think you know the sort of bell curve part of people will be probably quite comfortable with giving a a walmart or another retailer or a grocery place access to your house Mm. to put your stuff away i noticed that uh, walmart had uh, an interesting approach to uh to delivery so they were trying and trying to work out how they could be competitive uh, against yeah, probably Amazon being the being the biggest one. Amazon have um, I saw a figure the other day. I think it was forty six percent of the um, of the online retailing um, you know sales market share in in the US, which is you know pretty significant, yeah, right? Yeah. And so at Walmart, they're they're really trying to. Uh, they're really trying to compete strongly, and they've got a pretty uh, strong opportunity because they've got locations all around the country. And of course, Amazon have moved into a, a somewhat similar position um, by by you know buying their own uh, supermarket chain themselves recently. Um, but one of the approaches that Walmart was trying is. If there's a delivery that needs to be made near where one of their staff live, then that person would take that delivery on their way home. They might deviate sort of a couple of minutes off their their track on the way home, but um, it meant their customer was able to get that order very quickly, but without a traditional courier having to be involved in the in the process. And then um, the way they they're trying it at the moment is they they're able to then pay that employee uh, for their time and the employee's doing the travel anyway so maybe they pay for their time but not for the the uh, the running of their vehicle because they're basically doing doing that anyway. anyway so the yeah. person might get a, another you know they might get paid for an extra half an hour uh, for the day and uh, that delivery gets done uh, nice and uh, nice and quickly 
So, yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see what different things are being experimented with. I'm not sure, of, you know, what of all these, these trials will, uh, you know, will stick in the long term. But I would, you know, I would like to think that certainly in New Zealand anyway, we'd be a trustworthy enough location or a place for these things to operate that it would be pretty safe to have doors open to couriers and they'll come in and do what needs to be done and leave and the, the smart lock will lock behind them and, um, and so on. Yeah, and I think I think it would be naive to think that they're never going to have problems. You are going to have... I mean, I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment on my Kindle about Airbnb and, and Uber and they talk about an Airbnb, they sort of had this naive idea that, you know, all travellers are, are trusted and they're never going to have any problems and then they had a really big case where someone's house got absolutely trashed and that's when they put in their sort of insurance policy which covered, you know, everyone. So I think... Um, it is going to happen, and then your naysayers will be like, oh, well, this is what happens when you let people into your house. But unfortunately, you know, there are some people who aren't, you know, the most honest or the most best, and you are going to get it. But it will be a small outlier, and Walmart will just have insurance or some other way to reimburse a homeowner, and we'll move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a brief mention at the beginning, there is a new smart home uh, brand that will be uh, launching in New Zealand, I think, uh, Wednesday this week. So we're... Uh, we're recording here on Tuesday afternoon, so we can't say too much. Um, but needless to say, when uh, when that product does uh, launch or product range does launch here, uh, we'll certainly be having a having a little bit of a uh, a closer look and uh, and seeing exactly what is available in the New Zealand market and how relevant it is to us here. So nice, good, good to see more uh, coming into that space because certainly there, yeah, there have been a bunch of products that haven't been available. Yeah, I've sp- we've spoken about the Ring uh, doorbell before. Um, yeah, I think when I first tried that, it was prior to them launching here, but they're now yeah officially in the market and providing you know really good uh, yeah good product range and good local support. I had one product I'd actually um, yeah the first one that I bought and I bought it in the US and there was a little um, uh, ringer you could plug into the wall, but it didn't have a New Zealand uh, wall socket on it. And I messaged them about it, and they just sent me out for free the you know a special Very thing. Cool. You unplug the bit that makes it American and slide in the New Zealand one, no extra charge. So they were they were you know very good, uh, very good about that, which was uh, was kind of cool. Very cool. Um, so yeah, go ring doorbell, um, but also good to see other other products coming into the into the market. Now I'm not sure if I spoke too much. Um, on that front, around the um, the Ring floodlight cam, so that's their that's their um, probably their newest piece of of tech. Um, so install that house that uh, was on the market, and it meant we were able to see just exactly what was going on. Real estate agents coming and going because that sort of shone down the uh, driveway. But even when it's not at night, picks up the motion and alerts you to what's going oh, on, cool. and it records all the footage, which is cool. Um, one of the downsides of the Ring doorbells that I did find is every sort of three to six months you need to unplug them and go and charge them um, because most people don't have a um, you know a wi- wired up for a power yeah. feed to their door yeah um, so Ring offered to sort of send their, their new um, uh, their pro doorbell over to have a look at so we've actually installed that in the office here 
and that one comes actually with a full power supply. Um, so we've actually had that one wired up. So at the office, we don't ever have to think again about um, about, about charging it, which, yep. of course, you can imagine in sort of work scenario, we're outdoors locked at all times, but a lot of courier deliveries and people coming and going, actually you run through your uh, your um yeah, charge probably a lot quicker than you would in, in most home uh, environments yep. with, with yeah, people coming and going so much. So um, from that perspective, really, really good. So, yeah, that's that's probably, um, you know, the ideal. Certainly if you're doing a new home build or something is get one, get it wired in properly, and then you're, then you're done for a, for a long time. So when you wire it in, can you do data as well? So let's say if the, the Wi-Fi there's a little bit patchy, you can... That's a good question. They do now have one which can get powered um, by POE or power over Ethernet so you can have a network cable that goes into it so you don't have to rely on your you know wireless signal your wireless being interfered with or anything like that uh, and that provides the power and the network connection yeah. um, that one's more at the higher you know higher end in terms of pricing um, but yeah they do seem to sort of be covering all the bases in terms of um, you know, connection options. So, yeah. It's yeah, pretty, just in my experience, I, I know if there's something you want to sort of set and forget, the best way to do it is to have it, you know, plugged in where it's got data, it's got power, then you, you really are just set and forget. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, if you're doing a new build or your own your own home, then you look at that a little bit differently. You know, if you're renting one of the other ones, I mean, it can just be screwed in. It's not too much of a problem. Um, and look, if you, you know, leave the house in a year or two, unscrew it and take it all away with you um so you know without having to having to go through those hoops of uh, of wiring in and um yeah if we look at the current stats on home ownership in new zealand um that's a pretty big pretty big group of people so um yeah it's good to see both sort of bases covered very cool uh now there's a couple of things here we're going to chat through that um we probably should have got to last week but we we uh, we didn't manage to um, Vocus, and we've had a number of, of um, you know people from uh, from Vocus uh, leadership across on the New Zealand Tech podcast, and uh, uh, I think have recorded also on, uh, well, definitely on the New Zealand Business podcast. I'm not sure uh, whether that whether those episodes are all out yet on the business um, podcast, but we've had uh, we've had uh, um, Chief Executive Mark uh, Callender, uh, thinking for the New Zealand Business podcast, and. Uh, uh, consumer manager Taryn Hamilton here on the New Zealand Tech podcast, um, but the word has been that um, that they're up for sale. So, yeah, a few um, a few challenges on the financial um, front uh, from uh, from the Australian uh, side of things, and it looks like the New Zealand side of the business is um, uh, potentially going to be sold. So this is going to be pretty interesting. Um, you know, we're we're looking there at you know a, a, a number of um, I guess the brands that are that they're most well known for uh, here. They've got about one hundred and ninety two thousand broadband customers uh, across Slingshot, Orcon, uh, Core Plus brands. Um, they've also got their uh, power division now so their telco customers can sort of packages include power and hmm. um and and broadband um and they they resell uh mobile services as well so um yeah reasonably reasonably sizable uh business here in new zealand so i think i read too that they've got something like 20 percent of the the broadband market is actually 
when you when you add up the big players, Vocus has has got twenty percent, which is quite a lot for a company of you know when you're playing. I in didn't the, think it was the, that much. The games um, of Spark or um, you know Vodafone or those other guys. It's quite a huge. Yeah, they've got. A, they've, they've, yeah, they've certainly got a, uh, a you know yeah a reasonable chunk when you look at the, sort of the fixed the fixed broadband market. Mm. Um, yeah, across across their uh, um, do you know their, their various brands. Do you know when they bought Core Plus? It wasn't it wasn't too long ago. I thought no because well, they went on a big spree. Because I remember, so they bought um, we were talking about earlier. They bought Maxnet, the data center in Albany. And then Core Plus was the one I was trying to remember because that had Orcon and Sunshot and all the other brands. That yeah, that. I think it's it also. I mean, the 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 story sort of starts back in in two thousand and seven when Cordia uh, bought Orcon of CB Woodhouse, who of was course their, has their been, been on um, on the New Zealand Tech podcast number number of times, and and uh, Voyager is his current uh, internet provider that he uh, uh, that he owns. Um, so that was two thousand and seven. Um, Orcon sort of got bought by. Um, uh, you know, it went into some private ownership in 2013, and in 2014, Core Plus uh, bought uh, bought Orcon, uh, and then um, Core Plus was bought for around 250 million uh, mm. around two years ago uh, by M2. And then Vocus acquired M2, so it all sort of came came together there. Um, but now it looks like things are probably going to uh, separate up again. So, yes, some interesting times ahead, but definitely some uh, some financial uh, oddities and challenges there that they've got to uh, they've got to deal with. And yeah, I haven't um, now. If any listeners want to uh, let us in on any insights, but I ha- haven't had a haven't um, really had any direct sort of uh, word from anyone in terms of where this might go in terms of acquisition. Um, so you know, I don't know whether it's something, for instance, that uh, say two degrees would be looking at, or um, you know, whether whether we would see one of the. Um, you know, say Spark or, or Vodafone able to uh, to do this type of acquisition. Um, so I'm not not yeah quite quite sure which direction it's going. I'm assuming to, that uh, real, it's going to go. Realistically, if if you're looking at a local buyer, it's going to have to be a Spark or a Vodafone. Like, who else would have who who else would have a, you know a complementary offering that would have the cash to be able to to take Vodafone? Looking overseas, it could be anyone. Could an investment company could drop in and take them, but yeah, I think. And if I was thinking about it in New Zealand, unless they butchered it up and sold off little bits and pieces, and add the name Navman comes to mind, the GPS provider where they did the exact same thing. Um, yeah, you don't really have a huge pool of buyers. I would have thought no at that size. No, no, you you, you don't, and you know, you're up for hundreds of millions of dollars. So uh, um, yeah, it's not your uh, not your everyday. It's not your couch change um, sort of. Sort of small business uh, merging with another small business. They're pretty no. sizable now. Uh, now, uh, others in, in terms of um, businesses uh, transferring ownership is um, Power by Proxy. Now, Power by Proxy uh, has been an you know incredible New Zealand. Uh, Story, I guess, in terms of the innovation that uh, that Power by Proxy have come up with in the wireless charging uh, area, and it came originally came out of Auckland uh, University, and the uh, the the technologies that they've uh, they've shown off and and so on over the years have been uh, been 
you know, pretty impressive. Hmm. And they've contributed a lot to the Qi uh, wireless charging standard, which is, is oh, really? what cool. is in, um, you know, well, yeah, any smartphone that you can get within New Zealand anyway that has wireless charging uh, tends to be on that Qi uh, wireless charging standard. And so the, the latest of, of that, of course, has been the iPhone um, 8, and the 8 Plus, and then this week it'll be the iPhone uh, 10. Now, Samsung sort of hedged their bets, although Samsung had, I think, invested in Power by Proxy yeah, and taken about a 10% there. holding. Yep. Um, they had hedged their bets, so in the US market, uh, their their handsets, I believe, supported the Qi standard and the other standard, which I never remember the name of because it's never been of any relevance in New yeah. Zealand because there's virtually been been uh, no no phones that have uh, that have used it. Um, Qi, by the way, if you're wondering how to spell that, it's Q I. Yeah. Um, so that is a bit a bit uh, a bit confusing until you um, yeah put put those to to uh, together or well yeah um, it's just. It's, maybe it's obvious to some people, but um, yeah. Um, so yeah, power by proxy. Some of the technologies that uh, that they've talked about and shown off. I mean, years ago, I remember uh, seeing them in in Taipei at uh, trade show there, and they were they were demonstrating uh, this concept of a charging bowl where you drop all your gadgets in a in a bowl overnight. And you pick them up in the morning, and they're all charged. Mm. Uh, and they showed off uh, little, um, a, you know, like AA batteries and so on. You just drop them in the bowl; they'll recharge themselves. You pull them out again. Not this whole thing of having to put them in, you know, special charges that connect to the ends and so on. It's just drop them in there wirelessly. It all happens. Uh, and they've been involved with a whole mix of wireless charging technologies, and I'm I'm pretty sure part of that uh, goes right up to the the big scale things like what we've seen and we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago, uh, which is wireless charging of cars, mm-hmm. so electric cars, and it's BMW that have jumped into that space uh, recently. You drive your car over a over a wireless charging pad, and it just charges. Um, so yeah, I think they they've really worked at at a whole range of levels from the small to the large, and so there's there's really all sorts of possibilities in terms of what Apple um, you know hopes to uh, hopes to to do with them, and yeah, I guess really the the you know there are there are obviously some sort of downsides. It's you know it's a pity. That they haven't been able to keep operating under their own steam and and bring back lots of ongoing revenue back into the New Zealand market, but um, yeah, the the rumours I think were maybe two hundred million uh, that they that they sold for uh, to Apple, and um, yeah, I imagine under Apple things are going to be a little bit uh, uh, a little bit tight lipped to the point where I didn't um, I haven't bothered pinging them any questions or you know request for interviews because Apple usually. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 pretty, uh, pretty shy around these sorts of uh, things. When the guy was interviewed on the news, he was pretty coy about it all and just said, "Yeah, we've been purchased by Apple." And that was about as far as he could talk. He said, "To be honest, they, yeah, they do do their acquisitions and they they're very watertight." So, yes, well, in fact, there was uh, there was a, a news a few days ago. Some some people may have uh, seen that there was. Um, an Apple employee who had an iPhone uh, his, iPhone 10 daughter. and allowed his daughter to uh, to have a play with it and start uh, and she was a bit of a YouTuber uh, liked vlogging and uh, video this thing and I thought at the time 
this guy's got to be nuts. I mean, you know, Apple control, you know, all that sort of stuff, and they've got, you know, pretty strict regime around who's allowed to show off what. This phone's not out yet. Exactly. Um, this was the only, really the only video other than, uh, you know, official Apple videos and video footage that would have been taken at the launch event that was out showing it off. And there was also some stuff on the screen that shouldn't have been seen. And this stuff all just went online. Now, it disappeared very quickly. Um, but the uh, the word back is that um, this young lady's uh, father has um, has been uh, exited from, uh, from, from Apple, which I know seems pretty full on. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that it would – I mean, if it was uh, – if I was shocked as an outsider that uh, someone would, would, you know, a staff member would allow this to to happen, um, yeah, I'm sure other people internally were probably even more shocked. So um, it was so blatant too. It wasn't, wasn't it? Four or five years ago that one of the the iPhones got left at a bar or something, and then one of the the big media uh, media outlets picked it up. So it wasn't you know accidental like that. This was. Yeah, I, I, it mind boggles because mm, mm. you're not only let's say if you do get a, a bit of an initial peak from YouTube and monetize those ads, that's fine. But you're never going to work for any of the manufacturers because they don't want the same thing happening again. Mm, mm. So um, yeah, a little, a little, a little bit um, odd, and you know, pr- but you know, pr- pretty sad for those involved who mustn't have realised what they were doing. Um, however True. odd that uh, that may seem. Um, so you know, well, well done to um, um, to the, the founders and um, uh, the crew from uh, from from Power by Proxy. Um, now, one thing we've we've talked about recently is these new handsets from Nokia who got into making Android phones, and we know that you know there were years gone by where Nokia was the biggest smartphone maker, and uh, you know, full stop, and mm. uh, you know they had incredible momentum and. You know, really, it was the iPhone that uh, that virtually destroyed them. Uh, well, you know, we've been looking at their new handsets, and, and some of my team have been playing around with some of the lower cost ones, right down to their hundred ninety nine dollar handset. And the, one of the things that we we talked about that really stood out is they're getting updates really, really quickly. So, from a security point of view, this is the sort of product that. Um, businesses, government, any organisation that wants to put smartphones in the hands of their staff but maybe doesn't want to be putting out uh, iPhones. And, you know, let, let's face it, iPhones are reasonably expensive handsets, so For you staff, might not want to give those out to, to, you know, right across your whole team. Um, it's actually been reasonably hard to give people a handset, uh, especially with the demise of, uh, of, of Windows Phone, which is you know, pretty much gone, um, to give people a, a handset that you can have some confidence in it being reasonably secure and getting regular security updates. Um, so that's really been what, what's been, you know, for me, is one of the things that have been standing out about these Nokia handsets. And so this week we've, um, or the last few days, uh, Nokia have released... Um, a beta of Android 8 or, or Android Oreo for uh, for the Nokia 8. Um, I haven't had a chance to um, to load that onto the Android 8 that we've got here at the moment, um, but they have also said that the other handsets, right down to the $199 handset, will be getting Android 8 by Christmas, um, which is 
is pretty okay. impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually these low-cost handsets, they come out, and if they get updates, you wait forever. Yeah. Um, so these are getting regular monthly security updates and actually full uh, operating system um, updates. So yeah, really, yeah. really, really pleasing. Um, so I'm hoping this also sets a bit of a standard for the rest of the industry. And I looked around some of the other uh, phones ar- ar- around my um, around my desk, and some of you may have, may have seen uh, my desk on um, on Seven Sharp last week when uh, uh, they came in to uh, to talk about battery life and how to extend battery life on um, on phones and. Yeah, they pulled all the all the phones or a bunch of the phones off my shelf. So I had about twenty or twenty five phones uh, uh, around my around my desk. Um, but I, I fired up some of the more recent ones and you know gone for updates. And some of them just yeah, even reasonably high end phones just aren't getting all of the updates that they yeah. should be from a security standpoint. Because so. I think one of those issues with the updates is that the carrier has quite a bit of a say into what actually gets pushed out because they don't want an update that's going to go through. Because um, you end up creating sort of a, a denial of service attack on your own network because these devices aren't doing what they're supposed to, so they want to have them well tested before they they push them out to the masses, which then slows them down. And would your average punter who's got a, a smartphone be like, oh, you know, I've had a really bad day because my phone hasn't updated to the latest security? Like it's well, it's not that you you don't know that there's if you're a not security the- thing that could compromise you. So yeah, yeah. if you've got a phone that's um, six months or a year behind on security updates, you just don't know what risks you know risks there are. And it, and for an organisation that wants to know that their information is actually safe and secure, if I mean, you imagine a business that didn't update their you know their desktop computers for six months. Well, those are the guys that get you know destroyed with uh, ransomware attacks and you know all manner of other you know other issues, mm. um, or get you know get hit and get impacted, find that their you know their data is compromised and so on. Well, exactly the same thing can happen with smartphones. So I think it's something that we've got we've been pretty relaxed about, but um, you know the impact of it. Um, you know, could grow, especially Massive. with the wi- Wi-Fi issues that uh, you know came to light just in the you know, it was about two, couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks yeah, ago, weeks. where the, you know there there's an issue. And uh, look, Microsoft had already released a patch by the time this thing became public, mm. and you know people running a modern version of of uh, of Windows, uh, in most cases, were covered by the time it came out. But if you're on an Android device, it's like, well, I don't know. Probably anyone could listen in on your uh, um, on your traffic to a, you know what, what you're doing on your phone and intercept it and so on yeah. uh, potentially. So there are a few mitigating factors there, but um, yeah, not the best. Uh, now a couple of other things to um, to chat about before we uh, before we wrap up. Um, New Zealand rugby. Now we've talked about this um, before. The idea that New Zealand, New Zealand rugby, um, and this isn't a brand brand new story. As I say, we probably should have. Um, well, this is one that we should have, should have picked up on, I think, uh, last week or the week before. Um, but we talked about this idea that there are a whole lot of ways that we could be consuming sport in the future, and that uh, well, Sky, you know, may or may not be uh, be a part of um, of that that future. And so, what New Zealand Rugby uh, are doing is. Um, They've uh, they've set up their own site, AllBlacksTV.com, um, for streaming All Blacks games on a pay per view um, basis, and uh, basically the content is in HD, um, 
and uh, Māori All Blacks uh, games will be $15 each. Uh, All Blacks matches uh, coming in at uh, at $25. Uh, so basically they're, they're offering um, you know, access to this stuff uh, directly, which is... Um, yeah, it's quite fascinating to me. I I was not expecting this sort of timing, and that they would actually um, uh, come in and uh, how do we say that they would come in and have their own offering in this you know this particular timing while they still currently have an active deal going with uh, with Sky. Um, the bit that gets me is that's a lot of money to pay for a game. Um. Yes. Yes. No. The like. If I. If I. If you compare it to actually being at the stand, which is obviously a different feeling. Yes. You know, Twenty five bucks is a steal. Plus, you know, if you're watching the match and you've bought it, you've, you might have two or three buddies round in between. You know, four or five of you, it's it's five bucks a head. So I think it's pretty. I think it's in my head, it's pretty reasonable, especially considering it's coming off the back of you know the the, the Joseph Parker fights, which I think was sitting more like forty dollars a head. Oh, for fifty, sixty, for, I think for 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 some of those, but yeah, you know, I think. Um, well, I guess it. Yeah, it, it's going to depend how, how keen you are. Are you already on Sky? Yeah. Uh, are you someone that wants to drop Sky and just have that backup option? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this makes it easier for people to dump uh, dump Sky, doesn't it? Cool. Well, in essence, it's the last piece of the puzzle that's been missing from the. Uh, SVOD or streaming video on demand. So you, you've had you've had the ability to use Netflix, um, whether you were using um, Geo um, IP, you know, dodging um, technology, so you could pretend to be in the US, so you're able to watch US content. Um, but the thing that always missed out was sport. So if you're a big sport fanatic, you had to have Sky Sport. So I think in essence, what's happening with um, these guys is that they're going well. We in essence we're we're producing the content. You know, we are the All Blacks. Let's cut out the middleman. Let's go straight to the consumer, and then hopefully um, we can sell a few more of these packages. I would like to see, which is one of my one of my arguments against the um, when Joseph Parker and all the live streams was they should sell a low quality mobile only option. So. You know, for five bucks or ten bucks, you can stream it to your phone. It's, cool, it's called Facebook, mate. Yeah, but legal, <laughs> legally, because if you if you had an option like that for let's say if it was five dollars, why would you bother searching for a stream for five bucks to watch the fight? Dial it up. You don't have it full full quality, but enough that you can be sitting there watching, going, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting an, I'm getting enough out of it." So yeah. I think instead of punishing people that are pirating it, they should be providing more options, more choice at different price points. So then if you do want the full HD on your brand new Samsung 65-inch LED TV, you can pay full price. If you want to watch it pixely, watch it on your little smartphone. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still... I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. The, the price to me seems like not what you would imagine paying long-term. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, long-term, maybe 25 or yeah, not a huge amount more than that might be your monthly pass to access rugby. Uh, would would be my pick, um, yeah. but as 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 listeners uh, would know, I'm uh, I'm not at the the uh, top end of the scale of um, sports addicts in New Zealand. I'm uh, very much at the uh, at the other end. So yeah, do you um, think this was triggered potentially by Fan Pass? Because Fan Pass used to be able to buy on a daily, you know, a daily pass, which in essence would be for one match, or you could do a month. Uh, was it a weekly pass? I think they dropped. So all you can do is monthly, and I think I was reading a thread on one of the forums, and it talked about you know someone had rung up Sky and said, "Hey, look, you know it's I don't want to um, I don't want to pay for monthly because it's just way too expensive." And the 
the person on the phone was like, well, why don't you just buy Sky? And so I think their strategy is completely wrong now. They had a really good offering and now all Black, this All Black TV is going to come in and, and put them at the post. Quite possibly. Now, there is there is something to be said for the simplicity of um, yeah, integrated offerings like Sky, yeah. uh, Vodafone TV, which I'm expecting to have hands-on very soon. Try that out. Um, I would imagine that this this is just a dipping the toe in the water uh, for New Zealand rugby, and mm. this is not how it's going to you know look long long term. Uh, you know, I would imagine, let's say you buy the box from uh, from Scott, uh, from Vodafone in the future, the Vodafone TV box. There'll be a point when you won't have to have Sky enabled on it to start with. Obviously, uh, that's be a part of part of their monetization as you tie into a 12 or 24 month uh, contract that in, includes a sky subscription uh, and there will be lots of other ways sort of smart TV apps and and bits and pieces uh, I, I do quite like the simplicity of the approach from Amazon which is you pay for you know your your Amazon uh, you know streaming and you get access to movies and TV, and then you've got all the add-on extras that are reasonably easy to add on. And today it might be a one-off watch an All Blacks game, uh, or it might be you pay for a subscription, or it might be uh, you pay for your HBO add-on, and and, and so on. Um, but there's a there's you know a lot to be said for the simplicity of coming through a platform like that. Uh, obviously, there's some. There's some downsides because you get back to those monopoly types of uh, uh, scenarios and we may end up having to have lots and lots of different subscriptions, right? And you think, well, $25 for one All Blacks game, I can get Netflix for, what, under under $15 for a month and, you know, watch all sorts of, um, all sorts of stuff. And and binge watch and, and yeah, I mean, they've got masses of, of content. Um the number mentioned today was that they've spent you know six billion on uh, on content. That's great. Right? So next year. so they're 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 pouring in more money into content than um, you know than than seems sane. Uh, but it's it's working for them, right? And uh, Netflix are doing that. Amazon are spending big bucks as well. Uh, Apple are getting into that space. So. I'm not quite clear how how it's all going to land. We, we go from probably one sort of uh, not ideal scenario with Sky to something else that longer term may actually end up being more expensive if you you know want to get the, the full breadth of uh, of content. But we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. I I hope. That the scenario would be that if you want to access the All Blacks games, that you'll actually have a whole lot of options across different providers. So if you're with Sky, you pay Sky. If you're with Amazon, you pay Amazon. If you just want it independent, you'll be able to go straight to New Zealand Rugby and uh, and and to um, you know their streaming and get it direct off them if you want to. So. Um, yeah, let's, let's let's hope that we're not paying too much longer term for all this stuff. The, lim- the other limitation of this is obviously it's just rugby. So you know, if you're a, a massive cricket fan, well, and that's part of the risk, isn't it, for having to pay more? Is because you pay for rugby, you're you quite pay, specific. Pay yeah. for uh, you know um, your football, and you pay for your golf, and you know if you like lots of sport, then yeah, that could that could all add up as well. Exactly. But I'm sure we'll see. 
we'll see partnerships and 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 bundles on some of these things too. So uh, yeah. Very interesting times ahead. Uh, I think that brings us just about to a close. Oh, the the one other uh, thing that sort of ties into what we were chatting about earlier with um, you know Amazon in the US and opening doors and uh, you know free deliveries and things is um, Trade Me uh, trialing with uh, five and a half thousand uh, members and all you can eat delivery service. Uh, so I think off the top of my head is uh, nine nine dollars a month, and then they will they will cover the cost of uh, of deliveries yeah. uh, for you, which is is yeah kind of um, kind of interesting. I think when often when we when we see these new things going, we've got New Zealand Post who have done their trial recently, which they've extended or or turned into an ongoing service for free delivery from. Uh, the likes of Nolim in the warehouse, warehouse stationery, and so on, um, which I signed up for, but never actually never got around to uh, using and, perfect, and, and, perfect and, and, and testing. Hundred um, percent. Sorry, listeners, because I meant to actually test that out and and you know report back, but I'm sure it works reasonably how how it's uh, how it's designed to. Um, but New Zealand Post can, uh, um, I don't know what they'll do with my fifteen dollars. Um, I don't think it's going to help them get too far. Um, but the uh, the idea of trade me doing this is. Uh, um, you know, I think a reflection that they must be somewhat concerned around their future. I mean, for me, most of the little little bits and bobs that yeah, maybe I would have considered buying on Trade Me in the past tend to come off eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, little cables and I don't know, um, you know, varying bits and pieces for for around the house and you know, little accessories and, and, and so on that, yeah, I probably could get them on Trade Me, but certainly that the, the shipping cost and, and whatnot, so they're, they're trying to stem that. And, of course, Amazon about to come in and, and you know, uh, sooner or later offer free shipping as well. Um, yeah, you wonder why they didn't... Uh, they didn't start trialing some of this stuff, you know, years ago, ago to put themselves yeah. in a in a stronger uh, position. Well, it was to be expected because look at what happened as soon as Amazon announced they're opening their Mel- is a Melbourne distribution centre. I think um, pretty much every retailer in Australia their share prices um, tanked because they're all really nervous. They've realised that they really can't compete against Amazon. Amazon just smashes it online, and so they're having to move to something that Amazon doesn't ha- Amazon doesn't have, which is actual physical stores. And uh, was reading something about how they're talking about expanding out that retail experience. So they're av- you know. Av- adding in like coffee shops and, and all those sort of things to make the experience better to encourage punters to move away from their computer and actually come in store where Amazon can't compete, you know, as well as what they can with the established stuff they've got. Yeah, and if you get those things right, then, you know, those are those are good differentiators, you know, yeah. I'll go down to the hardware hardware store and uh, look, there's, there's a playground and, um, you know, my son can have a bit of a play and that's good and, um, you know, we can run around the, run around the store and, you know, buy some bits and bits and bobs, um, have a coffee. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's much more enticing than just going in to buy product, which you could go and do that shopping online. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure we're not too far away from where the bots will be able to figure it all out for us. And uh, and and again, it gets even easier than what the online buying experience is today. So to buy it before you even know you want it and deliver it to your house. That's and right. O- and let itself in and put it in the fridge. Yep. And you then go. you'll be able to tell it, no, no, I don't want that. And it'll come around, pick it up, package Where it up and, and send it back again. Yeah. Oh. Um, An exciting time we live in, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's just about us for uh, for this episode. Um, a special thanks to uh, to our sponsor, uh, Process Street. Any listeners out there are, are a little bit curious about Process Street? Maybe you've even signed up for the trial, uh, but you think, oh boy, I'm too busy to try and get all my business processes in place. I wish somebody would be able to help me with that. Uh, well, that's something that Gorilla Technology can help you with. So certainly get in touch um, if you are interested in you know lightening um, the load. On, on yourself as a business owner uh, or if you're in an area such as IT within the business and you know, you'd like to uh, you'd like to ensure that processes are, are followed and are consistent uh, and are continually improving uh, then process street is absolutely the uh, the tool to use it certainly made a big difference uh, for me and my team at uh, at gorilla and you know everything we do around the podcast as well. Um, so um, yep yeah, thoroughly recommend it you can find out more by going to New Zealand Tech or nztechpodcast.com slash uh, process street for uh, for details and how to get um, an exclusive uh, NZ Tech podcast uh, discount uh, should you wish to move from the free pan plan to uh, to the paid plans very cool so Nate. Where do people track you down online? Oh, super easy. Just Nate on Twitter, N-A-T-E. So that's probably the best place. And I uh, blog and all sorts of stuff. But I, it tends to push to Twitter as well. So just and keep an eye on that. Now, um, a week or two back, we had a, a notable podcaster uh, in New Zealand, uh, or a couple of notable podcasters, um, uh, John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson from uh, Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. And we held a little event at your stunning cafe. Thank so you. maybe yeah. you should just give give uh, Tui Hana a little mention for those so, that are in Auckland or visit from time yeah, to time. Yeah, if you're around Mount Eden, we're a little cafe up on the top end of sort of Dominion Road. So we're the city end of Dominion Road at 114. Um, we've got on-site car parks. We've just upgraded our – I sent out a newsletter yesterday. We just upgraded our internet to fibre, and we've got a new wireless access point. So it's super quick. Make all our food daily on site. Good coffee, really friendly staff. Uh, yeah, so come and check us out. And we obviously, and we did, we hosted the podcast, which was really cool last week. So yeah, good yeah, that was that was a neat event. In fact, we're going to uh, we're going to start holding uh, regular meetups. So if anyone is interested in in coming along to those, we're going to have uh, entrepreneur type events like this one uh, was, and we had some superb entre- entrepreneurs from uh, not just Auckland, but people that are driven in some cases a few hours to uh, uh, to get to the event. Uh, we're going to have entrepreneur meetups, uh, ones for the for those who are interested in podcasting, uh, digital marketing, online video, those sorts of things. So if you if you're not getting my updates. Um, then feel free to uh, jump on into paulspain.com slash updates and uh, and sign up so uh, so you can hear from me with um, um, with my occasional uh, newsletters. All right, well, that's us. Thank you, everybody. You can uh, catch us online, nztechpodcast.com, uh, and you can find me on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, I'm Paul Spain. Thank you. See you later. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.